Hi, welcome to Shoes Big HR. Um, we are talking about certainly what I consider an exciting topic. Does that tell people more about me than than it perhaps should? Anyway, I don't know. But it workation is this the way forward? Uh, and I've got the two Amys with me to discuss this. Hi, Amys, are we okay? Hello. Hi, Andy. Good, thank you. So, I, I guess. Getting into this topic, it's against the backdrop of the pandemic. I know people are sick and sick and tired of talking about COVID and and its after effects. Um, but I think what it has seen um, in lots of uh, industries is that remote working is certainly, at least in part, is here to stay. Um, as ever with these things, uh, when we're, we're not that far into it, and employees are, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries perhaps is that the best description um testing it making sure that it, it is a robust system um so you can know, last summer we certainly saw a growing trend of workers um interested in working remotely from a holiday property um and that's you know both in the uk or abroad so this uh, you know kind of we started to see the increase in popularity of workation where employees work remotely in their location of choice um so Will we see this trend continue through 2024 um, and beyond, I guess? Amy Anderson, what do you think? I think the reality is that this, that workations and this kind of like really, really flexible working is, is going to work for some businesses and it isn't going to work for others. From from an employee perspective, I can see that it is an attractive proposition because it allows, it allows employees to work from abroad, spend more time kind of partially on holiday with friends and family, etc. And I think... Well, it allows them to do that without using as much annual leave as they perhaps otherwise would if they were taking it as a pure as a pure holiday. Um, I'm sat here looking out into the doom and gloom and, and the rainy and the rain of Manchester, and I it is partic- I can see why it is such an attractive option, particularly at this time of year, because I think people are just going to be like, well, if I have to work, I'd rather work in the sunshine rather than work in the in the rain and in, in the rain in the dark. Um, but I think from an employee's perspective, I think it's really important that they need to ensure that productivity like the employee like make like is as productive as they would be if they were if they were at home and i think there is the potential if an employee is abroad it's sunny there's a beach down the road that actually they're going to be more on holiday than they are working um, and there isn't actually going to be a proper a proper divide between their working life and their actual holiday life i mean again for me if i was working next to a beach i'd find it difficult to not just be on to it wanting to be outside and sat sat on my own on emails while everybody i know is having a great time so but I think if a business allow if a business's model allows that kind of flexibility, then I think it's definitely going to be something that they that they want to want to be able to to explore. Um, I think in reality, you see loads of people, don't you, on social media on on workation on workations. And I, my personal opinion, I suspect that most of those people are probably freelancers and self employed people that have the ability to decide their own working arrangements rather than people that are employed by other organisations. But that is just my opinion. Raining in Manchester, glorious in Leeds. Amy. We're not. I guess you got, have you got snow? No, it's bright sunshine, gorgeous <laughs> as ever. I need, I need to move to Leeds. <laughs> um, so, talking about employees working overseas, and I'm not talking Costa del Leeds here, Amy. Um, <laughs> would there be any immigration considerations uh, or other employment considerations in respect of of people working abroad? Yeah, I think, I suppose, taking maybe the employment considerations first, I think if you've got employees that are consistently working outside the UK, 
employers will need to be mindful um, of a few things. So firstly, whether any local employment rights in the country that they're actually working from, whether they arise or would apply um, to the individual, any restrictions in the destination country um, in terms of employment, I suppose data protection issues potentially as well, if data is being transferred out of the UK, depending on the type of work that the employee does, health and safety considerations and tax considerations as well. And I think from an immigration perspective, if somebody is seeking to work in another country, they're going to need to assess um, if they need a visa to do that, um, follow the relevant rules of the destination country as well. And especially because we're not part of the EU anymore and after Brexit, we've we've kind of seen the effect of EU nationals now having to have permission to work in the UK. Um, and it could very much be the same for us going to even an EU country. We would need to make sure that if we wanted to work from there, that we legally can. Um, I think employers are going to need to monitor and ensure that um, the employee, whilst they are working from another country, they're not engaging in any work or activity that could potentially be in contravention of their particular visa if they need one. Um, and also be aware, I guess, of right to work checks existing in that particular country. And if they need as an employer to have any evidence stored in relation to that. Um, there's a digital, there's a kind of visa called a digital nomad visa. Um, and that's kind of a new type of visa that's come about. And I think there's around 50 countries that offer that currently. Um, which is available to eligible employees from the UK who wish to work abroad. I think South Korea was the latest country to offer this visa from um, the beginning of this year. And I think the reason for this visa is it's trying to make remote working and vacation um, overseas for people a lot smoother. But I think, again, if you've got employees that want to work for a prolonged period of time overseas for you as a UK employer um, definitely recommend you seek advice um, in relation to that from a UK perspective and actually potentially from um, a local advice perspective as well of the destination country that the individual's working from um, just to make sure that you and the employee are fully compliant uh, in relation to the work being carried out. So Andy, do you have any practical tips um, for employers who might allow their employees to to work abroad during the year? I do. Uh, <laughs> and equally, I, I actually did a little bit of that myself last year. So it was uh, it was great. Um, now, I'm going to say do as I do rather than, sorry, do as I say rather than do as I do, because I don't think we went through this uh, rigorous process. But I think the more it happens, uh, the more frequently you know, kind of the employees ask, again, we've spoken on previous podcasts about the new generation of uh, workers and, and how they want to work. So it's it's something that organisations may look at and go, this is a bit of a headache, there's a lot to do. But actually, like anything, once you tackle it and, and kind of get things in place, get certain protocols that need to be followed, it, it feels like it, it will be kind of an investment in time well spent. Um, so, you know, what what can employers do? Well, they, they need to identify the roles that allow it. You know, kind of clearly some roles just won't. Um, and, and that's just the way these things are. You know, kind of if you need to be physically in the building, it's never going to work for you. Um, you know, so identify any roles that, that could be worked remotely. Um, and, and then check put in place a policy again it sounds like a broken record when we talk about various topics but if you have a policy that governs it it, it allows a framework for people to work in for people to know for people to understand that it's not you know kind of 
Joe Bloggs getting favoritism. It's just the way that we do these things. Um, and require employees to request permission in good time to allow anything that needs to be done to be done in the background. Um, and, and, and I guess that should be the, the case, you know, kind of whether, whether individuals are working remotely from the UK or abroad, um, you know, because organizations, you know, kind of have, have a duty of care to those employers, employees even. Um, and, and that kind of takes me nicely into the health and safety considerations, um, you know, kind of, again, do, do you want your employees go into certain parts of the world, certain parts of the country, and equally, what's 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 the remote setup going to look like? You know, kind of, is there going to be a desk, or are people going to be kind of slumped over and, and working for days on end, hours on end? You know, kind of in a way that's that's likely to be not not that healthy. Um, and and then agreeing the working pattern in, in advance. Um, you know, kind of, do they need to be? available during uk business hours you know that feels like feels like a must um for for most people but it but it, it might not be it, it may be that you're happy for them to to do their work in in hours that suits the time zone that they they are um agree a suitable backup plan what happens if if the wi-fi goes down you know again that's probably not just linked to um working abroad but obviously working you know kind of remotely if the Wi-Fi goes down at home, people can probably get to their, um, you know, local office fairly quick, and there's not too much disruption. But if, if actually they're they're working from the other side of the country, that might not work quite so well. Um, and, and get the the visa requirements, immigration aspects in order. Have your ducks in a row. Know what's necessary from from each particular part of the world, so that the the process can be fairly fairly smooth. So. Yeah, and, and I think finally, it, you know, kind of ultimately, it will come down to the to the individual um, and the relationship they they have with work with their line manager. You know, I certainly know when I went um, because it's something that I, I was keen to to do again. I was all over it. You know, I was more productive out there than you know, kind of than than I am at home, and and it was kind of a conscious decision by me that actually I I, I am. I am going to do all the work. I am available. I can still, you know, kind of go out in an evening. I can still enjoy the warm weather, but, you know, kind of I'm at work. Uh, and when I'm there for the weekend, I've got the weekend, I've got guaranteed sunshine. So, you know, kind of, but what I didn't want is in the future for me to put in a request and, and for the powers that be to turn around and say, well, that's, that's great, Andy, but you you didn't actually do anything when you went last time. So, um so yeah, I think you know, kind of, lots of it will will depend on on the individual and how motivated they are. But if people are gonna take the make, they'll they'll take the make wherever they are. So you know, ultimately, it's having that trust in your workforce. So it's here to stay. I think is our conclusion. So you know, kind of make sure the organisation's thinking about it and then putting in place um, the measures that that it needs to to make it an attractive proposition both ways. Um. We would love to hear from you uh, if people are, are doing this more regularly and, and if, if there's anything we've missed, um, we're, we're not pretending that we are kind of the be all and end all in terms of knowledge in this area because it is, you know, kind of a new a new trend and it's a new thing that organisations are addressing. So, so we would be delighted to hear any um, any war stories that people have um, and the best way to get in touch is shoespeakhr at shoesmiths.com. But Thank you again, Amy's, uh, and thank you for listening, guys. 